new woo-ho, we get a clue, yo, do I blew your mind from you, you to Soho, Cody Willow, New Mexico, Lobo, Muddy Souls, get around like hobos, yeah, we be tearing it up, and you gon' get it, how you giving it up? Welcome back to another episode of Cody Underground. I am Cody Willard, and today I have a very special guest. I am so excited to reconnect with Todd Harrison. You guys know him from Minionville. If you've ever watched my my show on Happy Hour, you knew Hoofy and Boo from there maybe too. You know, Todd used to come on there all the time. And frankly, I'll just put it this way, that Todd has been a huge influence on my career, even as far back as when he was creating the concept of a trading diary on real money um and you know just all kinds you guys know todd let's let's oh todd's been a hedge fund manager he's been a trader at uh morgan stanley right todd let me just let you sort of jump in here todd welcome to the show thank you cody it's good to hear your voice again well thanks man it's great to talk to you what's sort of uh you know What's going on with you right now? Uh, what, what, what are you up to? What are you, how are you looking at the world? What's, what's going on? <laughs> um, you know, I'm looking at the world uh, much the same as I've always looked at the world, although I'm, I'm able to process uh, things a little bit differently now that I'm not tied to, you know, a computer writing about it all day. Um, you know, it was uh, it was awesome for a very long time, 15 years. I it got cumbersome and uh, I burned out a bit toward the end, but uh, it happens. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm back. I'm doing some trading. I'm doing some consulting. I'm having some conversations that I'm very excited about uh, in, t- in terms of next step. And as you know, uh, Minionville as a as a as a platform, you know, we sold the uh, the paid content side of the company, the Buzz and Banter. We sold that. Uh, in 2014, uh, the website uh, remains up, Minionville. Uh, it's uh, purposed with content uh, uh, through the years uh, that we've published, content I'm very proud of, uh, and I'm not even talking about my own. Uh, and, and we got some new, uh, some new content on Minionville, which I, I think I'm uh, excited about as well. Well, that's right, Todd. I, you know, it's your own writing, people... You know, they, you have a lot of followers that's sort of, you know, fans, frankly, that have followed your career. It might include myself in that group and have watched, you know, read all kinds of stuff that you've written over 15 years. But Minionville itself is still up and running. They can go to Minionville, and you're still on there. You know, you're just not every day like you were with Buzz and Banter and random thoughts and new articles and economic analysis. But you're still out there writing and contributing and talking and doing things. And you're well, on Scudify, by the way, too. We should say there's a partnership between Minionville and Scudify. And, you know, with Scuttles, they're they're right there embedded on Minionville. And people can see what's going on at the markets and real-time commentary from the likes of Todd Harrison, Robert Marson, myself, and lots of others. Well, you know, Cody, listen, I you know, I've always been a, a straight shooter. At least I think I have. <clears throat> so uh, I'll make no apologies about uh, the fact that I have uh, not been writing for a good year and a half, uh, for the most part, a couple of uh, exceptions there. Uh, but I've enjoyed the opportunity uh, to not write, uh, to not think about uh, having to write something every day. There's a big difference between uh, you know, having to write something every day and writing when you have something to say. Uh, 
Uh, and, you know, I've even taken it to the step for the first year uh, after I wasn't required to write anymore. I wouldn't I didn't even look at the markets for uh, one year for the first time in 25 years. Uh, and it was terrific. Uh, it was an opportunity to reconnect with myself, with my family, with my kids. Uh, and uh, it was needed. It was, uh, you know, Minionville was uh, an exhaustive experience for, you know, for a long time. And I don't. I don't regret it. Uh, you know, it, it, the world changes, uh, technology changes, uh, and 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 the, and the process, uh, as we've been writing about, as I've been writing about for 15 years, the process of finance is much different now than it once was, uh, and that's from soup to nuts, uh, and that's uh, waving through every industry, as you know, as a function of technology. Well, Todd, sort of. Let's let's hit on that. I bet the fact that you were able to step away from day to day trench you know in the trenches and writing and able to sort of get some new perspective i bet that actually you know you've got some illumination on the markets that you probably wouldn't have had otherwise How, what's that been like stepping away for a year after 25 years of you know when you're doing these high leveraged option pair trade things that you were doing for day to day back in early in your career to those 70, 80, 100 hours a week you were spending writing at Minionville and trading your own account and creating a hedge fund and the things that you've done. What's what's the what's it been like to sort of been step away and separate yourself for a little while? It, um, well, you learn a lot about yourself. Uh, I've learned a lot about myself. Uh, you know, uh, it's probably too much for a phone conversation, uh, but suffice to say that. Uh, you know, it's a lot less. Uh, it's a lot less. It's a lot less bumpy uh, when you're not holding on uh, to the grips of the handlebars as tight as I was for so long. And uh, as a function of that, and being able to step away from business as a whole and look at the world without trying to elbow it into a broken business model or what I think is a broken business model, uh, you know, to to being able to look at your wife and your kids. Uh, and, and to be able to look at the markets, for that matter, uh, and just sort of appreciate uh, the benefits and, and have an understanding of the risks in, in any part of your life. Uh, and it's uh, I've become a lot more relaxed as an investor uh, rather than a trader. And I think that sort of uh, you know sums up that side of, of the conversation that I believe you want to frame. Yeah, great. That's perfect. Tell me a little bit about – do you have a, a favorite stock that you're – investing in these days that you love that you hate and what do you got well you, you're going to bait me right uh because the stock uh just you know has doubled this year or at least from where where i bought it but we've talked about it and it's not a small cap it's a little less than a two billion dollar uh market cap so we can talk about it but uh and we, you and i have talked about it because you're short this name and it's my biggest position uh so uh, uh gw pharma right it's a biotech stock uh extracts the cbd portion of cannabis uh, the part that doesn't get you high, uh, the THC, uh, takes the uh, the other um, uh, elements of it and uh, has, has shown some demonstrative uh, uh, progress in helping uh, with children with epilepsy in certain forms of uh, pediatric epilepsy. So it's defendable uh, on a social basis. So I'm not talking about playing the recreational uh, you know, uh, game or trying to look at a penny stock and see which one is going to go to a quarter. Uh, that to me is a waste of time. I, you know, cannabis, right. in this my opinion, one of those, gonna... like, this isn't one of those like micro cap 
OTC no, bulletin no, no. board. And, and I'll be and I'll be honest. Okay. I said it about five or six years ago. I thought that this was the single best growth opportunity in the marketplace. I just hadn't figured out how to really play it. Uh, it's really a private equity game, and that's inherently Marijuana a dangerous game. Marijuana itself is not GWP eight percent. Correct. Correct. Correct, and and it's going to go through its growing pains. Uh, it's you know I liken it to the dot com bubble. It's going to uh, that already uh, explode, exploded uh, both ways. Uh, but I think there's going to be survivors, and and those are going to be the the leaders. And what I like about the stock, aside from the fact that um, it's it's the CBD again, not the THC. Uh, what I like about the stock is that the applications extend beyond certain rare forms of ch- uh, childhood epilepsy, uh, and there and there. So far, the the you know it's a very risky stock, but so far, uh, from a, a clinical standpoint, uh, the FDA seems to be on track to uh, to approve the first drug uh, either this year or early next year, and that's so, that's huge for an industry. So, right. So walk me through. Well, and for TW itself, for the marijuana industry, it would also be huge. But what's the potential, you know, revenue size in five years for some of these CBD drugs in general? And I suppose then probably GW Pharma being the leader, what's their potential revenue stream five years from now from some of the stuff if it gets in the pipeline and approved? Well, they're saying, you know, by 2020, it's going to be a $22 billion industry. I, I can't, I'm trying to find the, the source on that. Uh, but GW in particular, listen, you're, you're going to pay a huge multiple because they're, they are the Amgen, uh, in the space or the, the Microsoft in the space. They are, you know, one of my thesis, let me take a step back before I start putting price targets and I'll tell you why I like the stock. And it's, it's, it's not rocket science, uh, as much as just the process, uh, uh that, you know, that goes behind an investing decision. Uh, you know, this this stock was a stock that I uh, that's been on my radar for uh, quite a long time, and I traded it traded it, mind you, not uh, invested in it, but traded it early on, uh, and it, it went from ten eleven dollars uh, to about one hundred and twenty hundred. $120, at which point Bank America and, and another uh, bank came out with buy, uh, buy, target, uh, buy ratings on it. And the reason why that's important is, is it opens up institutional channels for ownership, right? It's, it's the cover your ass thesis that a, a mutual fund could buy this stock because Bank of America has $150 price target, right? Agree with it or disagree with it, that's how a portfolio manager will think, right? So uh, that to me was, was, was huge. Now, of course, uh, <laughs> You got the, the mainstream financial media got hold of it, uh, pumped it right about 130, and sure enough, that put the top in, and the stock traded back down uh, to about 36, if, if memory serves. So, uh, and that wasn't all just the biotech space getting creamed, although that was a big part of it. Uh, there were some accounting concerns uh, that go beyond my scope of, of uh, you know, of, of diligence, other than I trust this management team, um, and and so far the research uh, and the, and the return on the research has been promising. Uh, um, you have market risk, of course. You have uh, biotech risk, of course. Uh, you know, you can't extrapolate that unless you want to put on a Paris trade. And like I said, this is more of an investment than it is a, a, a trade for me. So talk a little then about the market risks and the market itself. Are we, are you, you know, complacent or bullish or are you concerned and bearish or somewhere in between? What are, you know, headwinds and tailwinds? What are you looking at with the stock market, the economy, what's what's on Todd's radar right now that you're looking at and concerned and or thrilled about? Well, I, listen, I put a lot of thought into this answer, and the answer is I don't know. Um, and honestly, I, I really, not to be glib, but I, 
I care a lot less than uh, you know than I once did because I'm not tied to every tick in the tape. Uh, you know, I think that you can make the case, right, with negative interest rates that there's going to be a blow off top uh, akin to what we saw in the last uh, few months of, of, of the dot com bubble. Uh, because there's no other place to put your money, right? The Tina. Now I think that's bullshit. <laughs> and I, any time in my 25-year career, I've tried to uh, I put money somewhere because uh, I had nowhere else to put it. I look back and I said, wow, you know, I had no place to put the money. That right there, uh, you know, told me all I needed to know about the direction of the stock market, right? I was looking at uh, everything from stocks to sectors to indices, uh, and you know, when I couldn't uh, find something, they, you know, it typically speaks. Uh, pretty loudly. Uh, so I. So what not, it, what, but what does it tell you? What is the conclusion? <laughs> well, you know, listen, I don't know what it tells me. It could tell me that I'm just not as focused as uh, on it as I once was. But you know, I don't think. Listen, this is not a. This is not breaking news. I'm not. You know, I. I, I think that, and this is well established. And I. And I'm tired of actually writing about it because it's. Uh, or talking about it because it doesn't change on a day-to-day basis. But I think you have the internet as the most deflationary invention of all time that's taking away the pricing power from virtually every segment of the world's economy on one side, and you have central banks on the other side of the trade. And that's that's where we are. Uh, and we're mortgaging the future to try to get through the present, and it's going to, you know, I don't, I don't know how it ends. Uh, you know, geopolitically, uh, you got the election coming up. There's a lot of moving parts, and I'm not, I'm certainly not smart enough to, to look into a crystal ball and say how that, that's all going to play out. Well, you know, Doug, two points I'll, that I want to ask and make here is that with, uh, regarding the Internet and, you know, versus the central banks, I get that paradigm because, I've written before and talked before about how it's almost like we're, we've seen trillions of dollars of net productivity enhancement in this world from emails, text messaging, apps, Internet, all these things that the Internet itself enables. But those gains have not really shown up in the economy, and it's almost because the way I picture it, all of the productivity gains and the wealth that they should be creating are being suctioned out through 0% interest rates and redistributed to giant corporations and global banks. And the other point I'll make there is that, you know, I remember in 2008, we were on a show together and you had been writing and came on to talk about the major, it was, you were basically breaking the news that Bear Stearns was about to go under. And we were talking about that, and Fox didn't do as much with it as I sure would have hoped. And the, it wasn't two months later that that crisis and the financial crisis of 2008 really hit, and Bear Stearns was under, um, was gone, or whatever you want to call it. And I, what is there a catalyst like that now? Uh, it, aside from the productivity gains and the central bank and all of that, do you see anything out there that's going to catalyze this next? I think in hindsight, I think in hindsight you're going to be able to you know pin the causal tail on the donkey. But you know, I th- I look at a lot of the things that are going on in the world as as symptoms uh, as, more than causes. Uh, and I don't know. Again, I'm not smart enough to know. I look. I, I look at. Uh, you know, I have. I have my think or swim platform up all day. There you go, Nicole. And uh, you know, I, I look at all these different charts. And I, you know, it's listen. You can't take the, the DNA out of out of the trading DNA out. Even though I'm not trading as I once was, but 
there's still a lot of technical damage that's being uh, that's that's being done to the market that's not being reflected in the day-to-day movement. Uh, the biotechs, the banks, the S&P still lower highs, uh, and it, doing so in a grindy way that's either uh, basing before the push higher or uh, the the last sort of bastion of there before the the, the rollover lower. Again, I don't know. You know, I own I own <laughs> I, I own one stock as a core holding, and I trade around it as a function of the market. But if the market takes a shit, uh, I don't think it, the fundamentals are going to matter during the price process of price discovery. Right. In other words, every stock could be down seventy percent or whatever. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it is, uh, you know, they, they, I I lost my ability to sort of look at the market and frame risk uh, when the central banks got involved, uh, and when the the uh, mechanism of the market itself became so algorithmic that uh, it just it, the the it's hard to put into words the rhyme. The market used to rhyme a lot uh, through the different interplays of technical analysis, fundamental analysis, uh, psychology, and really the structural influences. And there you, you could usually sort of, uh, they served as, let's call it, uh, balance of powers in the marketplace. But those no longer exist. So there's no frame of reference other than a never-expanding balance sheet uh, by this country and the geopolitical and socioeconomic implications that might cause in the world, uh, which I think it is causing, uh, but until uh, that actually has a rollover effect, a net effect, uh, it's not going to deem to matter, right? You mentioned a network earlier. Networks don't talk about there's no money uh, to, to in, in looking forward. There's a lot of money, uh, unless you're, let me frame that you talked about the internet being you know sucking the uh you know the the margins out the people who created these engines the googles the face they're all getting very wealthy right so there is money and innovation being rewarded but the american consumer right the who's benefited from a a manufacturing boom through you know uh, you know our parents uh, the, the America that we know it's not your father's america it's not your father's stock market it's a different world now i it's just a different world now. Todd, you said about five different things there that I wish I would have been able to highlight or something. I'm going to have to go back and even re-listen to what you said from looking at some of those economic and social things that are um, symptoms, not causes. And several, and, and then the, what you listed for um, the interplay and what those factors and how the market used to rhyme um, based on four different factors. And that was great stuff. I hope everybody's listening to this and, and frankly making notes even because there's a lot of insight in just sort of in how you're, you know, framing what you're talking about. Um, well, there's also a lot of frustration, right? I mean, I, it's it's sad in, in a lot of ways. Uh, it, it's but it's inevitable in, in a lot of ways. Uh, I think I think that there is a and this is known. You know, I, I've been. I've, I've talked about this before, this societal acrimony, this social shift in, in mood and, and the world standing, how Americans are uh, sort of uh, viewed uh, from from afar. You know, it's all uh, very Rom- Roman Empire-esque, uh, and, I, and I love my country, and I, and I would, you know, but, it, but it's just it has that flavor to it. And I don't know, uh, is that going to be reflected in, in, the, in the Dow Jones Industrial Average one day? I, I think it is. I just don't think it's being, uh, you know, it's, it's not through the Dow Jones. You see it in the right, currencies, right. you see it in a lot of different ways. And all those, again, will be apparent with the benefit of hindsight, but I can't tell you, you know, if that's now or if there's another 
20% first to really suck in everybody. I don't know. I don't think it ends well, but I haven't thought that for the last, you know, 300%, so take it with a grain of salt. By the way, I also use Thinkorswim along with Scudify on a daily basis. Um, and Minionville, by the way, I still go to the Minionville.com site just to see if you're on there and to see the latest articles being published. And, again, I always like seeing the Scuttles on there, too. But this all leads me to my next question. How are you looking at the the, the, the election? Are you you got any thoughts of Clinton versus Trump, uh, Republican versus Democrat? Or, are you concerned? Is there you know, I, I, I try so hard. I'm, I'm, other I'm, I try so hard not to get involved because nothing good happens uh, when you start talking politics or money or religion, and that actually. When I thought about that about two months ago, I wrote an article called "The Taboo of Politics, Money, and Religion" that basically spelled out, uh, you know, my philosophy on this stuff. But the reality is, everybody's got their own philosophy, and and uh, and it's just you gotta just well, have assimilate to it. I, I don't. I can't. I can't vote for either of them in good conscience, to be honest with you. Uh, it's a cop-out of an answer, but uh, it's not. I think it's, ex- way, it's not. That is not a cop-out. I will not vote for any Trump or Clinton or any of these mainstream Republican Democrat candidates under any circumstance. I'd much rather the, the, the best way I could put it, Cody. Cody, the best way I could put it is that Trump is running for the right reasons, but he's the wrong vehicle, right? And Clinton is. Clearly uh, the wrong vehicle, but probably the better, the lesser of two evils, just because the devil you know. But I don't, you know, I, I can't vote for her because I don't, I, I don't want her to be my next president. So you should find me a socially liberal, fiscally conservative person who's not trying to play the perfect human being, right, in today's world because there aren't any. Uh, and just it could relate to, to most of us who are just trying to figure out, you know, what the fuck we're, we're going to do for our kids. Uh, well, it's almost like you just want someone to enforce laws. I mean, from bailouts to wars to... What law, though, Cody? There's so much the bullshit. The IRS, the, the Department of Education Investment, that has shown no returns. You know, you, you run some of these public programs in a private sector, and they don't, they don't make it. Right? They, so you're suspending free market uh, uh, risk and Plus reward... Third. For certain segments of society, it's moral hazard, and it's moral hazard that's manifested through greed, just follow the money. I, I don't know what to say about it anymore other than it's the hand we've been dealt, and, 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 and onward we march. Todd, knowing that, or, or that I agree with you that I, I actually think Clinton will probably end up beating Trump because people are less scared of her. In the, you know, the average nonpartisan person out there, voter, Probably, like you said, the devil they know. Is I just want to see Bill. I want to see Bill in the in the first lady's room. Does that impact the stock market in your mind? Is there a difference ah, between Trump ah. and Clinton? If one of them gets elected, is that bearish or bullish? Who, for who, who knows? I mean, you know, throw throw some grass in there. I I don't know. I, I want to see Trump. I want to see uh, Bill Clinton in the first lady's uh, wing. That's what I. <laughs> you know, that's the one thing that would make Clinton's uh, election. Uh, a little bit more palpable is the idea of Bill walking into the first lady suite for the first night. Uh, you know, it's funny you say that. Robert Marson the other day on Skidify said something about how uh, if Trump gets elected, it'd be the first time since Kennedy that uh, he would have welcomed the first lady into his jacuzzi. I think that'd be great for him to welcome the first lady of Clinton if Hillary Clinton gets elected into his jacuzzi. I, you know, um, the whole thing is depressing for me. I, I, I can't talk politics. You know, I could talk market. I could talk, you know, some of the levels I'm looking at. I, you know, you have a financial audience, uh, presumably. And, yes, I am going to be writing a little bit, I, I'm, you know, as time allows. 
Um, you know, I am enjoying not having to write. Uh, it was uh, a diminishing return, so to speak, in the, in the land of digital publishing. Uh, cool. So it's been a nice break, uh, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I like. I enjoy writing. So as I uh, have the uh, the time and the inclination mm-hmm. to share some views, I'm. You know, it'll be on on Minionville, and uh, and I suppose on Scottify. Great. And Todd, um, what am I not asking you that I probably ought to be? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't know if if your if your uh, listeners understand uh, the life that you've gone through in the last couple of years uh, and and your optimism in the face of hardship uh, with your family and the things that you're going through and, and handling like a champion and a and, and a grown man. So I'm proud to oh, be gosh. your friend. You're a big you're a big reason why I'm even on this phone. I haven't had a conversation like this in a couple of years, uh, but I'm glad it was with you. And I, I'm, I think you're a good man, Cody. So I, I'm rooting for your success. Well, Todd, that actually choked me up quite a bit because, you know, um, the people who do follow me and listen to podcasts do know that I have a medically fragile 10-month-old daughter, and it's been a hard, hard road, and um, she's healthy and doing great, though, and it's actually hard not to be optimistic when I am holding her and making her smile and singing her love me do by the Beatles or something. Um yeah. So so the next five percent of the market is relative. God <laughs> bless that. Yes, you got that right, my friend. And the feeling I think is people have known for a long time is mutual and the the, the the fact that I respect and admire you and think you're, you know, just a neat guy and I really have modeled a lot of my career from even I was so thrilled when I actually got to write on the real money trading diary that you created back so long ago, many, and just following, you know, Todd, I, I remember even like just reading stuff when you'd be going out and drinking a Grey Goose uh, a martini, and I didn't even know what Grey Goose was. I had to go Google it. And, um, I, I got bad news for you, Cody. If you're modeling your career after mine, <laughs> you got some uh, some uh, interesting times ahead. Uh, but, you, <laughs> but, Rod, you know, again, it's, there, Todd, there are so many people listening out there that, that would be thrilled to have a, a, a fraction of the success and experiences that you've had in your career. We're, we're basically at the time of our, the end of our time here is last work. What do you want to leave us with here, Todd? Uh, gosh, that's, uh, I guess if there was one thing, um, it would just be to make decisions for yourself. And as, as I tell my kids when they play sports, uh, it's not about the refs. It's not about excuses. You know, you make the best decisions you can with the information you have, and you do the best you can, and uh, no regrets. And uh, I think we're, we're approaching uh, a time uh, in the world uh, where we're going to be held accountable for those decisions uh, independently, uh, collectively. And um, I think you, you need to just understand that and be okay with that and it'll all be fine god bless todd thank you so much for being on cody underground and uh i love seeing you um right anywhere scudify minionville anywhere uh market watch you name it man i, I i've always been a big fan and thanks so much for being here Mark. i'll talk to you soon you got it buddy thank you okay myself i'ma take from the poor and give to the rich and double high deep i dig every ditch and then be good in the game like joplin until i'm violated or quit and i'll be living it up and keep on living while you giving it up
did he did it, what he doing to his artists and about the way he living. Take a hit, make a hit, keep a tunnel vision. Sign a deal with the feds, go to music prison. Who we'll believe you a prophet when you enjoy the music? Sells Get a clue, yo, do I blew your mind from Q, you to Soho, Cody Willow, New Mexico, Lobo, Muddy Souls, get around like hobos, yeah, we be tearing it up, and you gon' get it, how you giving it up, you gon' give it while you giving it up, and live, live, living while you living it up, see, I thought I was rich, till I got rich, and found out how rich, rich can get,